Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Afterwork Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture and Pinot Noir, brought to you by magazine editors and best friends, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. G'day. <laughs> New house, I see. Yeah, still just as hot as ever. I've, I'm currently tucking my t-shirt into my bra and hoping that you can't see below this line. <laughs> <laughs> your house looks nice. It is. I'm in Beverly Hills now. God. I'm a real housewife of it Beverly Hills. Yeah. I feel like maybe that's the dream. I'm having a kind of a realization lately. I feel when I was young, I was like, I can't believe people marry for money and not love. And now I'm like, how do I marry for money? And not love. Absolutely. <laughs> I know. But then I always, I always, I always think about that, especially being in LA. But then I just don't know how I'd be able to fake it. They'd be able to see it written all over my face. I know. We need both. I know, but unfortunately. With Brad Pitt or something. Yeah. I mean, we could fall in love with Brad Pitt. <laughs> Easy. I don't know if he could fall in love with us. <laughs> we need to learn how to do makeup like we talked about last week. I feel like we've got a big response on that. I know. <laughs> Everyone was like, highlighter um blush and bronzer does go in the same place everyone was freaking out <laughs> sponsor us mecca and give us a beauty tutorial i know please i guess what What's i watched this week oh what which is very odd that i hadn't watched it properly um crashing oh yeah yeah, yeah. have you yes. watched it no i haven't watched it but how it's weird is that well it's first show right yeah well she actually filmed it at the exact same time as fleabag and she just wore a wig in it really um but i can't believe we hadn't watched it considering how much we love her and i put it on and loved it i'd watched the first episode really? and i wasn't obsessed and then i watched i just binge watched there's only six i think um and i just binge watched it all and it was amazing is it that they live in a hospital or something? Is that right? Yeah, they live in an abandoned hospital that's um, renting out rooms for a really cheap rate. And then she moves in because her best guy friend lives there with his fiance. And I think she doesn't, she, I don't know, gets kicked out of her house or something. And so she moves in. And then there's, I think it's six of them that the show follows. But it's really good. It's, it's not, obviously, not as good as Fleabag because nothing is. But it's, Funny Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Amazing. I'll watch it for sure. Is it on Netflix? I feel like mm. it's on Netflix. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I think was like, it might what? be on... I think it's on American Netflix. I've just invested in a VPN again. I just... 
can't stay away from it. Mm. So expensive, but so good. And in other news, Gigi Hadid and Tyler Cameron are still dating. So random. He's really handsome. I hadn't really got a good look at him until recently. I know. Can you believe? I'm like good on her. Is he quite a bit older than her? He look. Mm. He looks it. He's like three. He's twenty six or something. He looks thirty five or something. Yeah. Yeah. He. Mm. They've gone up north together. Up north. Upstate New York. Mm. That's cute. Did you see the whole thing with Gigi Hadid and Greece and Mykonos and how she that caused controversy? Yeah, it's so funny because someone told me at dinner that Gigi Hadid had been robbed in Mykonos before it was public knowledge, and I can't figure out who told me that now. Like I don't yeah, know how they knew that. Yeah, and I was I just like, like it, oh, it didn't go super viral, but I think that's because too much other crazy shit had happened that week. But Gigi Hadid's place got ransacked in Mykonos while she was away and then she wrote a thing on Instagram being like don't go to Mykonos it was crazy and then people started slamming her being like don't tell people not to come to an entire island because you had a bad experience (laughs) yeah it's so funny when celebrities do that stuff does she not have anyone who I don't know just overlooks stuff yeah, I don't know. But she said one thing she said, which I guess was fair, is she was like, that happened to a bunch of other people we knew that week. And if we have a security detail and are staying at one of the best hotels in the island and we're still not safe, then I worry about other people. But I was more like, that's probably why you got targeted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you see Kylie Jenner's insane vacay? Yeah. We're talking about it at the office on Friday. We're like, that's just the dream life. Just want to. Just to be able have... to do that for your, I don't know, what is it, her 22nd birthday or something so random mm. to be able to mm. go that wild. I know. I know. I am quite jealous. But I hate that. Do you see there's all this conspiracy that her butterfly nails mean she's pregnant again? Her what? Butterfly nails. Oh. I, hate that I know this. <laughs> No, I didn't see that. I You've obviously have this, like, been... minutia-level detail. It's because I just overhear it at work, but apparently she had butterfly-printed nails before she had Stormy, and that was it was a little sign to her fans. And then she put up this big Instagram story where she's got these horrible talons. Yeah. I can't believe the Kardashians still get fake nails. It's this weird hangover from 2008 <laughs> that I just don't understand. What about how we forgot last week to talk about the most important story of the week. When I saw that we'd forgotten, I actually had a memory of us talking about it, even though we hadn't, because I was like, there's no way we didn't talk about it this it's week. because we were messaging about it before we recorded. I know. And then bloody Epstein and Liam Hemsworth happened and it just threw us for six. I know. I don't even think now, I looked at my notes once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So this incredible Ask Polly piece was published on the cut a couple of weeks ago and it's called my in-laws are careless about my deadly food allergy and this woman and I, I think ask polly tweeted she was like this is the most insane i've had so many fucked up ask polly's and this one is by far the worst is how she t- yes wrote about it yeah yeah and um it's about a woman who has a very severe allergy to mushrooms and she wrote that she carries an EpiPen. she's been hospitalized multiple times and one time she began convulsing in the ambulance on the way to hospital which sounds horribly freaky and also I would hate to have an allergy to mushrooms because they're my favorite I know you couldn't you couldn't even be a vegetarian anymore I know um and then she said my husband politely explained this to his parents when we started dating and I was invited to family meals and her husband had said as well um that her in-laws don't really cook with mushrooms (laughs) and then she goes to say that since then most meals we've shared at my in-laws house have had very limited options for me somehow they managed to find a way to add mushrooms to almost everything one time they made a point to make a special plate of mushrooms and pass it around my mother-in-law said very rudely i would have liked to have added mushrooms directly to the salad but somebody has a problem with it <laughs> who has mushrooms in a salad like that's such psychopathic she behavior said they even added mushroom powder to the mashed potatoes at a <laughs> holiday like- dinner 
My, that was my favourite line and they didn't tell her. My mother-in-law claimed it was a new recipe she'd found. Mushroom powder. I, I can just see this like white woman with a bouffant in like Connecticut googling mushroom potato recipes. But, like, wanting to kill someone is pretty crazy. <laughs> and she goes, I literally held my breath as the mushrooms passed in front of me at the table that day. It was extremely dangerous for me that food could kill me. What's worse, my husband told me mushrooms were not a common dish served by his parents before he started dating me. <laughs> <laughs> this is just crazy. And then so basically she's I'm saying... Crazy. And it's just so funny. It's like they just never got them before and now they just hate their daughter-in-law. So they're just buying mushrooms en masse and making all these like unusual mushroom recipes to try and literally kill her off. Yeah, but and then she she's writing in because she's like, when I was pregnant, my husband said that we couldn't go to any family meals they didn't promise to keep them mushroom free that was the only like that was the only rule but instead the, his dad said we can't promise that everyone except your wife likes mushrooms and we're not changing what we eat for one person likes as well it's I know. Like she doesn't dislike them she's gonna die if she eats them and then she said yeah so her husband's sisters called her up angry about the fact that they haven't intended a party at her parents house um, and that it's now caused a huge wedge between her husband's family and them. And her husband's really cute and obviously takes her side because it's psychotic parents uh, trying to be murderers. It's one of those things where it's like you can actually see how it would happen in real life. I feel like that's why it struck such a chord. Because you can just see those, those, I would just bet my right arm that these people are white, yeah. very obviously. And that they're just those kind of people that sat and talked about it where the mum was like, oh, she's just so difficult. And they all mm. were like, yeah, 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 yeah. And all just made it like a thing. But how weird is it that And then she starts second guessing like... herself being like, um, okay, sorry. But how weird is it that they're acting like she's overreacting? <laughs> and then um, Polly's answers were the best things ever. You're not the cause of this rift. The cause of this rift is truly terrible human beings. <laughs> your, letter, your letter is a pitch for a dark comedy on cable it literally is it sounds like an episode of American Horror Story or something like super camp and weird I know I feel like if Anton's parents found out about the cult and I had some about me talking about the cult all the time and if I had something I was allergic yeah. to they might start poisoning me <laughs> I don't have any allergies yeah, me either. But also mushrooms are like, it's not like it's garlic or onion or something that's in everything. That's what I mean. I just can't think of the amount of time. I feel like I could t- count the amount of times in one hand that I've gone to my in-law's house and had mushrooms. Yeah. yeah. Like it's so random. Mm. And it's not even something that's accidentally in stuff. No. You just add it to mashed potatoes. Story. The best story ever. I love it. It is the best story ever. And then also... Um, off the back of us discussing what our lives would be like if we'd stayed with our high school boyfriends. We had some listeners share their high school relationships in our Facebook group, and it was the best thread. An amazing thread. Yeah, it was so good. So I wrote them down to read them out. (laughs) (laughs) My first boyfriend didn't write me a punk song like my one did when I broke up with him, but he did give me a Jack Johnson CD and a letter about how he regretted having sex before marriage with me. (laughs) (laughs) That he was going to take the opportunity to stop living in sin and that he'd pray for me to one day find Jesus like he did. Another, my boyfriend gave... Christians, like, there was a bit of a Christian theme. Mm. Christian ex-boyfriends. Mine gave me a Diamante Playboy Bunny bracelet, which was hot property when we were teenagers. I was going to say, I would have absolutely frothed Playboy. I had a little Playboy Bunny necklace and earrings. I had Playboy Bunny pink earrings and I lost one in the park and burst into tears. But... Now that I think of it, I actually the whole time thought that my high school best friend had stolen it secretly. I wonder if they had. I know. Her name's Vicky. I had a I had a lot of Playboy stuff. Mm. So weird. I was like 12. I know, yeah. I'm staying with a 10-year-old girl at the moment. She was walking around singing Beyonce lyrics about sex. And I was like, that was me, but with Shaggy. <laughs> Shaggy. Shaggy. I was 10 years old. You're like, have you heard of Shaggy? <laughs> I'm going to blow your fucking brain up. It was you know? me. <laughs> it 
walking around as a 10 year old. Um, my first proper boyfriend wouldn't let me cut my hair because he fell in love with me the way I was and didn't want me to change. That sort of sounds like walking again. Yeah, you got to caveat that that was a quote. I was like, oh, is he? That's um, sad. No, but that does sound like me with Anton. Yeah, that's. <laughs> when we inevitably broke up, he drank and smoked himself into a stupor. This isn't as funny as the other ones. This is kind of sad. Ended up in ED for heart issues and told me it was my fault. Oh my god. This one is a great one. Uh, my first boyfriend was a kleptomaniac who stole everything that wasn't nailed down. And when I let him stay at my house about six years later when he needed a fresh start, he literally stole everything, including a bunch of one and two dollar coins that were super glued to a coffee table. <laughs> That's my favorite one. And then she goes, You'd think I would have gotten a vibe when he rolled up in a car with the ignition ripped out. He said someone had tried to steal his car. Turned out it wasn't his car in the first place. He was the stealer of the car. Oh my god, that's hilarious! These are all such good examples of when you're, um, <laughs> when you're like fifteen or sixteen, and red flags are just like being thrown at you, and you're just like, whoa, like just ducking left, yeah. right, and centre, refusing to acknowledge yeah. them. My butter chicken pies, seriously. Yeah, I like guess came out and he was like jimmying the one dollars off the coffee table, and she was like, "What are you doing?" And he was like, "Nothing." And she was like, oh, "Okay." So, Izzy, last night I had a rocking Saturday night. I was actually trying to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood so we could talk about it in this episode, but I couldn't really get to the cinema because it was cold and I didn't want to go by myself. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and I, I, I have tickets to go on Wednesday, so I was like, that's just stupid. Yeah. But um, I, I was like, I'll just take one for the team and download it and watch it at home. So I waited two hours, got tacos on Uber Eats, and then it downloaded and then I opened it and it was one of those ones that's filmed on like an iPhone in the movies. <laughs> of course <laughs> it is. It came out a fucking day ago. I didn't know they still did those those early 2000s yeah. things where it's literally filmed inside the cinema. It's and you downloaded so it on LimeWire and then you get it. I downloaded it on uTorrent. Yeah, it, yeah. it was such a throwback. So I was like, okay, I can't watch this. So I started watching this and I ended up watching the whole thing. It's like four hours documentary about Bobby Kennedy and Zach came home at like midnight and he was kind of drunk and I was in hysterics I've never cried so much watching something in my entire life it's the saddest most amazing thing ever everyone should watch it I think it's called Bobby Kennedy for president and it's about um, JFK's brother yeah I was gonna say can you explain who that is yeah so it's JFK's brother and I knew that he'd been assassinated as well but basically he was JFK's brother and kind of right-hand man and they were just this little power duo and then JFK got assassinated and he was obviously so devastated and then he started working with Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and all these civil rights leaders and he became really passionate about helping black lives in America and helping like workers rights and he got really into civil rights and he really wanted to pull out of Vietnam and basically all these people just lobbied around him there's this amazing uh, piece of footage where he comes out after JFK's died and he's facing like the Democratic convention or something and he's going to speak and everyone just stands up and cheers for him for like five minutes straight and he starts crying. It's so Aww. cute. He's like the nicest man. And he basically became super passionate about all the, these civil rights causes that no one in mainstream politics was listening to at the time. And all this, he just got this huge kind of lobby around him that were like, you need to run for president. You need to run for president because it was him Nixon was coming up and they didn't have a very strong democratic candidate so he was like three years after his brother had been murdered went for president and he there's this amazing piece of footage where he's going out to speak to this giant rally in support of him and they've just found out that Martin Luther King's been killed and he has to tell the crowd and all the crowd starts like screaming and hysterically crying and he does this amazing speech it's just incredible and basically what happened was he won the Democratic primary and he was pretty much set to be the next president of America. I didn't know any of this history. Um, and he was going to pull everyone out of Vietnam. He was going to pass the Civil Rights Act. He was going to do all of this stuff to improve black lives in America. And the night that he was celebrating winning the Democratic primary, he was shot and killed in a ballroom full of people. Oh, my God. It's so it's and his wife was there and she was six months pregnant with his daughter, so we never got to meet his daughter. 
Oh my god, I feel like crying. I know. I was, and he's the. You have to watch footage of him. He's like the nicest man I've ever seen. He's so lovely and handsome and sweet and kind. And I was like, Zach came home and I was like, <laughs> like fully sobbing. And he's That's crying. so crazy that someone shot him in a ballroom full of people. In a ballroom full of people, yeah. And there was all these conspiracy theories about it because you had Malcolm X, JFK, Martin Luther King, and Robbie, uh, Bobby Kennedy all killed in the space of like three years. That is mental. All, all by weird, random, rogue, crazy guys. Crazy we haven't had an assassination lately. Yeah, crazy or annoying. <laughs> why? Oh, yeah. I was like, why? I was like, why have they killed, like, these four amazing it's people? It's the and, crazy like, people yeah. are the ones who like Donald. Exactly. I know. that it, it reminded me watching it. It just reminded me how we think we're in the craziest time in politics, but we're not. Like, I can't even imagine what it would be like to have four, like, a president and near president and those two guys literally shot to death in mm. the space of a few years it's crazy and there's this amazing bit when he was attorney general where america is just so fucked they passed desegregation laws so black people could go to any university they wanted and the governor of alabama was like i'm not letting any black students go to this university and he stood across the door the governor of the university so this young 21 year old beautiful black girl couldn't walk in with her textbooks to the uni oh my god and Bob- bobby kennedy found out and he sent the armed guard he sent like eight thousand troops to the uni oh yeah he was like an angel from earth and if he was the president he would have beat nixon then like the whole last five years of vietnam wouldn't have happened like nixon wouldn't have got impeached for being dodgy as shit like i just the, i was like the the whole country of America would be different now if that one thing hadn't happened. I wonder who would be president now. I know. Hopefully not Donald. <laughs> I hate even that his name is Donald. It just annoys like Donald Duck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Literally worst name. Also, I started listening to that podcast about Ivanka. Mm. We'll get all the political chat out the way but <laughs> <laughs> it's really good you should listen to it you'd really really like it what it's is that so rogue app it's on it's so annoying it's like audible 2.0 it's called okay. luminary so with audible just an update i don't even know where my audiobook went i never got it i emailed them and they said something about me being in a different region and whatever and so i just cancelled my account again okay i got charged for it again the other day and i was so angry at myself <laughs> I hate Audible so much. Um, and I have like four books that I got downloaded that I just can't listen to because I hate the guy's voice and I just feel so stuck. <laughs> well, I still haven't read a thing. So that's good. So, um, but yeah, the Avanka thing, there's two episodes out. It's done with New York Magazine. It's really cool. Like, it's very us. What is like, the, the thing g- called? Did you tell me just then or no? It's called Luminary. Oh. And you have to pay for a premium subscription to listen to the full thing. But it's like seven bucks, and I think that the first month is free. So I think by the time all the episodes are out, you won't actually pay anything. Cool. Um, But the girl's a New York Times – sorry, a New York Magazine writer, and she's also a wealthy New York socialite type. So she speaks really honestly and frankly and has really good friends and contacts who are tight with her, and they'll go drink wine and, like – talk shit about Ivanka like not talk shit about her but be like she used to be so normal what's happened to her us if we're rich I know we'd be like we've got shit to tell you guys (laughs) (laughs) settle in boys um yeah and the weirdest thing of the whole thing is Jonathan Vandermeer I think that's his name he does a lot of the Vogue US cover stories he was really tight with her and he speaks on the record and he was like when I first met her we were at some party and she was like, I just got back from Patagonia where I backpacked with just a tent and a backpack on my own and camped on this like trail for three weeks. What? Yeah. She used to just do stuff like that in her early twenties. And he was like, that's really cool. And I was like, that's kind of psychotic. Like, I just find it 
Yeah, it freaks me out. I just can't get a read on that woman. My friend went to, for a walk to the jewel shop at 8 o'clock the other night, and she, by the time she got back, I was, like, about to call the police. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who do you think you are walking to the jewel at shop nighttime. at night? And she was like, we're in Beverly Hills, and there's people walking around <laughs> with their dogs everywhere. And I was like, it is not like, safe. Have death wish. <laughs> <laughs> it's not safe. What about you? Have you read things this week? No, I told you that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but I have read, actually, I have read a lot, a lot, a lot about Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth's split. Yeah, okay, you got to keep me up to date because I kind of lost track a little bit. But I was very interested in that rogue Brody Jenner's ex-wife yeah. plot twist. Well, so yeah. to recap, last week live on air, they timed mm. it for our podcast recording. Miley and Liam announced their split. Then, literally 10 minutes after we finished recording, Miley and Brody Jenner's ex-wife, Caitlin Carter, <laughs> were spotted kissing on a boat. Mm-hmm. And then, since then, basically the rumours have not stopped, the sources have not stopped, the reports have not stopped, um, and Brody and Spencer and everyone is... Liam and everyone is coming out with stuff. So... Firstly, Caitlin and Miley. So Brody, Jenna, and Caitlin announced their split like three weeks before Miley and Liam did. Or like two weeks. Unsurprisingly, that didn't pierce our radar. Yeah. It semi, <laughs> it semi did for me because I, I tried to watch The Hills New Beginnings but then gave up. And they were fighting oh, yeah. heaps on that. Um, and she's just annoying. And then... They broke up, and then I do. Like, how would Miley Cyrus know her? Like, is so, she a model or a? No, they all live in um, Malibu. Right. So I think Brody and Liam are mates, and they go surfing, and they've, they're just they just move in the same circles. So I think they were already friends, and then they decided to go on this post-divorce <laughs> holiday together, mm. and then just were hooking up while they were on the trip. But apparently, it's just nothing. I looked at those photos and I was like, oh, sometimes they'll queer bait with headlines and it's not a romantic thing and they make it out to be like that. But it did look like they were really hooking up. Yeah. Um, so people have just come out and said it's just a casual fling and they're just having fun. <laughs> but I just feel like it's so red hot. They, I, I think they must have got word that those pictures were out there and then they hastily announced the split. Yeah, that's personally. what happened. Yeah. Right, that is what happened. Yeah. Okay, so they might have been split up for a, a while. They've been split up for a while. So she mm-hmm. has she was spotted without her, um, without wearing, not wearing her wedding rings or engagement rings at Glastonbury. Ah. Uh, um, and then wow. yeah, and he he's been spotted without his wedding ring a few times, but no one really like because when it was announced, I went back and looked at their old photos because I'm a creep and for weeks Mm. people had been commenting on Liam's photos being like where's Miley are you guys okay and everyone was assuming there was a split so it it was like rumoured yeah okay okay okay, okay. Um, but then perhaps the craziest report of all is that the reason they broke up is because of Liam's partying that's it it just seems unlikely but i know not a single thing about either of them (laughs) yeah i know but that's what so um a bunch of miley's friends spoke to people and one of them said everyone always thinks miley is problematic and immature and a hardcore partier while he's this chill surfer dude but that's actually not accurate a friend of the couple tells people exclusively Mm -hmm. liam parties with his friends and miley thinks he should have grown out of that by now Another Cyrus source who agrees that Liam Hemsworth's personality is more complicated than the super easygoing public image that's presented says the actor can get moody. <laughs> oh, God, poor Liam. I know. Imagine what they'd say about us. Jesus I know. Christ. And then um, she's been supportive of him when things get dark, but it's been tough. That's something that's weighed on Miley and their relationship. Um, yeah, and then Miley just released a new song yesterday. And it's, can't remember what it's called, but it's all about their relationship, basically. And in it, she says, I haven't actually listened to the song, but I looked at the lyrics. Um, She Mm -hmm. says, I want my house in the hills, don't want the whiskey and pills. And like all this other stuff. And then when she, (sighs) when she released it, she released it with a photo of bottles and stuff in a pool. I was like, what? Liam Hemsworth parties. Does he even have any friends? 
<laughs> also, just I don't know what happened to a nice look. Yeah, isn't that a bit? Isn't that a bit mean? Like, what happened to keeping things a bit private and not mudslinging about your ex who you apparently still love and care about? Like, I know. I find that it. I find that a bit, a bit off. Yeah, and then she was like... Three days after the split, be like, by the way, he definitely is the reason we broke up and he's an alcoholic. Like, can you not? And here's the song. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, just say... It's it's called Slide Away, and it says, like, you'll slide back to the ocean and I'll stay in the city. And he's at Byron Bay. Okay. So she nailed that. God, I didn't like that. I know, and then he's just obviously chilling at home. He just wrote a really nice thing. Sorry? Like, he just wrote a really nice thing about it. He just said, I'm not going to be talking about it. It's private. I still care about her and wish her the best. And that this is all I'm going to say. Full stop. I know. And she's like, here's a song. He was a pill head. <laughs> I know. And like, also her so music awful. is just so bad. I'm sure. That's what I mean. You're not, you're not like, what do you call it? I don't know. I keep leading Dolly on Yeah. <laughs> But you're not some, like, amazing – you're not Bob Dylan who, like, we're waiting with bated breath to hear your incredible single about this heartbreak. Like, even you don't Taylor Swift. This, yeah, you don't need to release a song two seconds later. I know. I want to listen to it. I just know it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's what's been happening there. There's been so many different things that have come out. And then her family. Yeah, that's very mudslinging-y. And I feel like maybe Miley Cyrus's people started doing that, so he's been responding. Because I was like, why are there so many sources talking? Just just shut up. Yeah, totally. This is I don't remember this happening last time they broke up, but I feel like that was before the internet, maybe. Um, and then her parents. Where am I? Uh, apparently her parents said that it's not over or something. Yeah, there's another person talked to E and said, um, leading up to their wedding, they were in a great place, but afterwards their relationship completely changed. <laughs> Miley got back Why? in the studio and was focused and serious about her music. Liam was continuing to party with his friends, and while she used to enjoy partying with Liam in the past, the insider says that the singer has become quite tame. Miley's has outgrown that phase. And then, um... Okay, I don't mean to sound super judgmental, but don't these just feel like things that maybe you iron out the kinks of before you get married? Yeah. I feel like they <laughs> rushed their wedding, though, because of the that fire that burnt their house down and it freaked her out, and then she was like, I'm going to get married. Right. That's what happened, I think. Mm. So weird. Nice dress, though. Yeah, that was a cool wedding. I loved that wedding. Super cool wedding, agreed. That's why I really wanted them to stay together because I was like, they're a chill, cool couple. They didn't sell all their pictures to people. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. We'll have some crazy OTT wedding. Yeah, they got married in their house, and she just wore a beautiful dress and bare feet, and then that's it. Mm. I love that. Izzy, we've talked a lot on this podcast about the link between anxiety and social media. I mean, a lot. It's something we're both super aware of, especially since we both suffer from anxiety. And pay a little too much attention to our Instagram grids. 
It seems to affect young women especially, which is why we're so proud to be partnering with Sports Girl on their Be That Girl campaign, which was created to help dismantle some of the more unrealistic standards that exist in the age of Instagram. Sports Girl are encouraging women to celebrate and share their extraordinary images, the small moments in the everyday that make you happy, instead of everything being so curated and perfect. And I love that they've partnered with women like Flex Mummy and Jade Tunchi. The thought of being able to post whatever you want on Instagram instead of worrying about what filter makes your left elbow look better is so appealing to me. Totally. It's Clarendon, by the way. <laughs> Thank you so much to Sports Girl for sponsoring this episode of After Work Drinks. Head to sportsgirl.com.au to find out more about Be That Girl. There was um, a viral campaign to make Liam Hemsworth the next Bachelor Australia. Did you see that? Oh my God, imagine. I know. I'd dump Anton and shimmy back to Australia. They would literally have like an immigration crisis in Australia of mm. random women moving here to try and get on the show. They would have such great contestants because <clears throat> they'd just be all over the show. Different people. Yeah. yeah. Agree. There was so much drama on the Australian Bachelor this this week. I'm not actually watching it. I'm just reading about it because I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Tell me. But the phrase has been used like 400 times this week. Yeah, I saw something like that pop up. I know. It's really fucked because this girl called him. I, I don't even like saying it a lot. Don't, yeah, podcast. don't say it because yeah. might have children. I know. I feel like maybe we put in a beeper. Oh, yeah. But they call she called him a dog C, <laughs> which I'm like it's just it was just this week of the most Aussie Why? things ever. I think what happened because they didn't film this girl saying it. She apparently just said it in the mansion while the cameras weren't rolling, and it was because he'd hooked up with a girl at the cocktail party, and they were all complaining about it. And she says that she just made a joke like, oh, what a dog. Like, it's kind of hard to explain to anyone outside of Australia that someone could feasibly say that in a very casual way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was explaining that then, to the Americans. I was like, it could mean, it could be a good or a bad thing being called that. Americans really freak out at that word. Yeah. I remember when, all out, like, when we were in LA, there was like 40 Aussies and someone said it and they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> we're <Yeah>. like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so then she, this girl, Abby was in a hot tub with him and told him that this girl had said it. And then he went and confronted the girl at the cocktail party and then ended up kicking her out. And after she was like, it, it, I don't even remember saying it, but if I did, it was, Obviously in a stupid, it was in a very jokey way. It wasn't in a, yeah. So this girl sounds like a bit of a shit stirrer, but I, I think she's going to be in the final two. Abby. Mm. She, yeah, she was the one who thought he was a astrologer. Yeah, the Gemini one, yeah. 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 She's very young. She's like 23. I was like, that's a very 23-year-old thing to do, like to take something someone said in that context and go and tell him on TV and cause a big shitstorm. I love that that was the theme of this week for The Bachelor Australia. I know. It was like that and like obviously the horrendous Sydney um, stamming case, which was awful. Yeah. It's around the corner from my work. Yeah. But- yeah, one of our um, lovely interns was around, like around when it happened, and people were like screaming at her to run in another direction. Oh my god! Really horrendous, very horrendous. But also the most Aussie thing ever is that picture of that guy with a milk crate on his head and a bar stool on his body, apprehended by just like three fucking salt of the earth good blokes. <laughs> like... So good. <laughs> it was my favorite thing. And it was just a reminder of why we're so lucky to live in Australia where we have these gun control laws because that's how these things get out of hand in America, you know. Mm. It was absolutely horrendous that that poor woman died, but the carnage was so limited because he just didn't have access to a semi-automatic weapon. So, yeah, so what happened was he left Michaela Dunn's house. She was 24, right? Yes, yes. And... um, so he left her house and then did he go into a bar and stabbed an older woman? No, he was just on he was just on the street. Oh. So I think they were in an apartment on King Street or Clarence Street. Mm. Um, and then he he she I actually don't know the full details yet, but there was a, quite a bit of controversy here in the aftermath because she was a sex worker and I'm not sure if he No, yeah, that, that it's had the, yes. Yeah, she was he had been a client of hers before, so he'd been screened and everything. 
Yeah, so so that's what happened, and then he came, he he killed her, and then he came down onto the street, and just like indiscriminately started attacking people with a butcher's knife. It's just the most horrendous thing ever. And we at work obviously got like a red alert to stay in the office because it's quite close to us. Um, that he was apprehended quite quickly. The vo- the video footage is incredible. Like the guys who went and stopped him were I working in the I haven't. I haven't um watched the video footage. You have to watch it. I'll send it to you. The, these three guys were working in the office block and saw him downstairs, and they were like, I don't know what happened, but it just kicked in, and they ran down the stairs to just stop him. Amazing. It's just incredible. And um, they, yeah, managed to apprehend him, so he, he actually didn't manage to hurt many people on the street, thank God. Um, and there was this amazing piece of footage with a guy who I actually think is an Australian actress's father, and he's this older man in his 50s and this guy's like runs and jumps on a Mercedes and is holding this knife in the air. And this man just has a milk crate and he's just coming at him to try and stop him. This is this lone guy on his own. It's just so the bravery crazy. was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's so, um, and then there was all those memes about like America gun, Australia milk crate. <laughs> what were there? I didn't see yeah. any of this, but I saw um, like how horrible it was with her dying. Such a beautiful girl so beautiful and it was it made me really um i had like a shiver because um we found her on facebook and i had a mutual friend with her and she'd shared something about three years ago in 2016 it was a link to a petition or something about sexual violence or violence against women and she was like this is an epidemic that needs to be stopped like we need to stop it and she'd shared that three years ago oh that's so horrible and there's been these kind of conversations since about the fact that you know, her name and her face and a lot of details about her, it hasn't been that prominent in the news. And there's this kind of idea that because she was a sex worker that somehow she'd invited the risk of violence or that she Mm. had some sort of culpability and that there wasn't as much sympathy for her as there would have been had she not been a sex worker. And I think it's kind of ignited a pretty interesting conversation about that because it just shouldn't make any difference. Yeah, I read a few good op-eds by other sex workers um, who basically said the most important thing is um, reform across the country, meaning that sex workers shouldn't be scared of incriminating themselves by reporting violence against them. So at the moment, mm, they don't—they just... often don't go and report violence or violent men or, or creepy men because it's illegal to be a sex worker. Right, um, yeah. And then I read a really good op-ed by Georgie Dent for the Women's Agenda Um, and she said in one paragraph emphasizing the occupation of one victim and attributing the attack to sex work whether implicitly or explicitly perpetrates perpetrates stereotypes of sex workers that blame them when they are victims of crime and in this case detracts from the tragic fact that a young woman was murdered by a violent man Mm. yeah I also think I um, someone shared in our Facebook group a few weeks ago um what, I can't remember the exact phrase, but it's when you kind of become numb to this news. Mm. Yeah, like and desensitized. I, yeah. And I think not that I've become desensitized at all, but that I have started not reading it because it makes me so sad. So I yeah. saw that this had happened, and then until you were like, you know, we should obviously talk about Michaela Dunn this week. I hadn't read the op-eds and I hadn't delved deep into it and then it just makes you just want to cry and you feel so angry and upset every single time and it, and then so then I've kind of without even realizing it had stopped looking at that those stories and stopped immersing myself in it but then that's really bad because now I we're know, not getting outraged like anymore about, I know it's like we talked a few weeks ago about that piece in which um Paris Lee's talked about stopping reading the news because she was like, I just Mm, need to check out sometimes because I feel like it's good for my mental health. And it's like that question of where do you stop doing something because it's just not good for your brain to be like bogged down in how horrible life can be and how violent people can be. But then when does it become? You're being negligent by not engaging in the world as it really is. Yeah, and, you know, we did a whole episode on Grace Mullane who got murdered in New Zealand and since then Mm. so many other young women have been and then I just started feeling really guilty that 
that's the forty second known woman to be murdered at by a man this year in Australia. And I was like, God, what am I how I am I like how can I help more or do more? Exactly. Exactly. I know you can feel so helpless thinking about it. I know what the answer is. Mm. Mm. Um segue into lighter news I know. <laughs> so judging by your instagram you've been on a bit of a shopping spree oh I do, it does feel like i mean i feel like it looks like that but it doesn't feel like that no i've been buying a lot of shit lately basically i had a complete existential nervous breakdown mental crisis over a pair of shoes <laughs> no fair enough because i the other day i went to buy them yeah um because they came back in stock and I got an alert that they'd come back in stock. And this is another thing. I feel like because they're not in stock, when I got this alert that they were back in stock, I went into panic mode and was like, I have to buy them right this very second and had them in my cart. And then I was like, how are they that expensive? I know. So what we're talking about is these Bottega Veneta (laughs) sandals, which just became – it's so weird because – when they first were coming out, you sent me a picture of them and you were like, I really like these. And I was like, these are so nice, but I feel like they're not my style. Like I had a pair that I wanted and yeah. you had a pair that you wanted. Yeah. Do you remember? That was yeah, like yeah. the whole yeah. thing. I this is ages pair ago. That I wanted. This was when I was in like Spain. Months ago. Yeah. yeah, literally months ago. Yeah. And then they just never came back in stock. So I was like, whatever. And then I was writing a story at work about how they were this new cult shoe that you couldn't buy anywhere and they were sold out in all the stores and there was like this huge waiting list for them and no one could keep them in stock and then as I was researching it I found on Netaporte one pair left in the red in my size so I just I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god and just panicked and bought them (laughs) yeah at the same time two other girls at work one girl bought a pair in black and one girl bought a pair in white and we all got them on the same day and I was just so excited that I just put them on and wore them to an event. And then I came back to the office and I was like, I don't even know if I like these. I don't even know if they suit me. I don't wear red shoes. Mm. I don't know what these go with. There's so much money to spend on something. I could spend this amount of money on something that I would like more. Mm-hmm. I've just done All this valid Instagram. points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I just got so whipped up in a frenzy. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't know if I'm going to keep them. Maybe I'll sell them. Maybe I'll keep them. Maybe I'll sell them. Maybe I'll wear them once. Blah, blah, blah. And I just had a complete, and then I had a total breakdown. And I was talking to our friend Annie about it. And now she's gone and written a story for the Sydney Morning Herald about. I know, about you. It's so funny. <laughs> it's, it literally like, starts with, um, it goes, hold on, let me find it. It goes, recently a fashion editor friend, stylish, smart and accomplished, admitted to something of a sartorial existential crisis. Existential. What? (laughs) Found another word I can't say. That just rolled off the tongue, that sentence. (laughs) Oh my god, okay, wait, should I start it again? Whatever. 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 Um, Yeah. But the funny thing is, is when they came back in stock and I was going to buy them, I was literally like, the I, the opposite thing happened to me. Where when I found them in June, they weren't even out yet. They It, it was a preview in the Bottega Veneta store in Barcelona, Spain. They had one mm. pair. That, that's why I didn't buy them then because they didn't have my size. I was like, I really like these. I really want these. They're probably not going to be the cult shoe because you sent me one that you really liked and you... And the, and yeah, the, the chain one, ones. That's the ones I was like, I want to change. One of the chain yeah, ones. And the ones you really like are cult as well but like you sent me those ones and so I was like oh those ones will definitely be the ones that'll be the cult ones because Grace knows and then I was like cool I'll get these ones then and then now I'm like I don't want them anymore because everyone fucking has them so the opposite thing that's happened. what I mean the opposite things have happened and I've become this fashion <laughs> victim who's bought something that doesn't suit me and isn't my style just to have them and you actually like them and they'll look awesome with all your clothes and you don't get them it's just yeah. fucked I know I had them in my cart and I was like I just don't even want them anymore because everyone's got them and I feel like I'll go off them so quickly we went to a fashion event that that week last week or two weeks ago and I was wearing them and there was like nine people all had them and I saw on Instagram everyone and I was just like oh god I know now I need a consolation prize because I feel pissed off it is kind of an interesting question though I think about like Annie's piece is really about we're so influenced by Instagram now that it's almost like 
you even clearly see what your own style is anymore because you're bombarded with so much stuff. Yeah. They talked about how Leandra um, Medine wrote a piece about the leopard print silk skirt when they came out and she was like, I had this crisis because I really wanted it and I knew it would be flattering on me and I knew a bunch of stuff I could wear it with and I knew it was my style. But I also knew everyone on Instagram had it and it would make me feel basic. So do I not buy something that I like because of Instagram? Yeah, that's me right now. Yeah, that's it's so interesting. I don't really know what the answer is. Well, she bought the skirt. Yeah, but I bet she, she bought it, it once. <laughs> I know. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it is. It's so funny as well, and I feel like because of Instagram, things go viral so much quicker, mm. and, and then things have such a shorter lifespan because of that. Like, if we didn't have Instagram for those shoes, they probably would have been almost as popular as they are with the fashion industry because everyone would have seen them at Copenhagen Fashion Week and they would have been popping up Mm. everywhere. But now because of Instagram, they're just, they're going to get so saturated, oversaturated, that they're just, I don't know. Exactly. And there's a personal shopper um, that I've interviewed for some stories at work and that I um, know called Gab Waller. Mm. And she works for Rosie Huntington-Whiteley and Kourtney Kardashian and Hayley Baldwin. And she's kind of talked about the fact that her job now is not personal shopping in that it's finding things that a client might like to wear. It's these products go viral, like Rosie Huntington wears them and then she'll get 600 DMs, literally, of people being like, I want them in this size. I don't care how much I have to pay. Just find them. And yeah. she's like sourcing them all over the world. Yeah. That's what the job has become now, like sourcing the it item before everyone else has it. Yeah, that's so, so crazy. I saw the other day that um, a model, yeah, had literally done that. And she tagged Gab and was like, Gab. thank you yeah. for finding that. Yeah, it's a genius move. For it her. is genius. I don't know how she finds everything, though. I know. Um, she's got contacts. I know. Now I'm depressed because I want... I want a very similar shoe, but not that exact one now. Yeah. That's what you need to do. I do think, I don't know. I was saying to Annie about it. I was like, the thing I think is I feel like I bought those shoes to signal that I know that they're cool. Yeah. You know, it was almost like a tactical move at work to be like, look, I'm like relevant. I know what's hip. I know what's cool. Like i'm good at my job almost like it felt like a like a resume bolstering thing of oh, totally. showing that you're aware but, but even then like you was... doing it for your job that's what half the people who bought them would be doing for instagram that's exactly to show that so they're I stylish think that the thing that's really cool is knowing what's cool and still not buying it thanks i don't have any shoes but thanks <laughs> yeah but i think you know like i think that's the thing you got to have like you just got to breathe and be like i acknowledge that these are the issue mm-hmm. but they're not very me mm-hmm. so i'm just gonna move on which is why i also bought a pair of yellow cowboy boots <laughs> <laughs> i know i literally saw that and i was like are you okay yes yeah, so i bought them at a sample sale and okay. they kind of went they kind of went like viral i know i feel I was like, what are Everyone these? Everyone was commenting. I was like, oh, the boots. I know. And I was like, what are these a... fucking yellow boots that I've missed? Here I am thinking Bottega Veneta's all the rage and there's Fendi fucking yellow cowboy boots that everyone wants. The best thing is I was messing. I called Zach about it and I was like, oh so I've done something. And he was like, what? And I was like, I went to this. Because I, t- I told him so proudly. I was like, I'm not going to the Fendi sample sale. I'm being super sensible. Like, oh. And then I called him two hours later and I was like, so something happened. And he was like, what? And I was like, I went to the sample sale and he was like, what did you buy? And I was like, a pair of crocodile yellow cowboy boots. <laughs> and Zach's so funny because he's literally like every time you step out of the house, he's just like, what are you wearing? Yeah, because he said he's like, you always buy wear mainly normal things and then wear one like fucking insane thing. And then one year later, I'm always like, why did you let me leave the house in that? Mm. I'm like, why did you let me leave the house in like leopard print shoes or whatever? Yeah. He's yeah. Like, I tried to tell you. Um, I don't care. So good. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out in Australia this week. We finally caught up. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen it though? <laughs> I haven't seen it. No. Well, it's... I, I got a run through from Zach. Did I say that bit? No, you didn't me? say that. You I... just said that yeah, yeah. you downloaded an iPhone version. 
Yeah, so I downloaded the iPhone version and then I was like to Zach before we recorded because he's seen it. I was like, just tell me what happens vaguely so me and Izzy can have a conversation about it. And instead of saying it vaguely, he literally went through beat by beat. He's like, and then Brad pits outside and then he's walking his dog and then he has this blah, blah, blah. And then, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, I was like too much detail. Two and a half hours later, like the entire duration then, of the film. Literally, and he kept saying stuff that I was like, oh, this must lead to somewhere. And then when he ended up telling me the most important thing, which was the only thing I wanted to know, I was like, well, that other stuff was so unnecessary. Mm. Anyway. It's a but great I wanted film. To talk is it? A, yeah, I, I can't wait to see it. It sounds amazing. Yeah. But I think what I wanted to talk about was that there's like been this controversy about Margot's character because she was so heavily featured in the marketing for the film, but then a lot of people have said she doesn't feature very heavily and doesn't have many speaking lines. But when Zach explained what the, the ultimate plot line is, I was like, well, that makes sense because it's kind of not really about her. No, it's not about her. It's about Brad and Leo. The whole movie is about Brad and Leo, and then she's just another character in it. Um, but, yeah, she's – I mean, the way he markets it is, it is that it's the film's three main characters. Um, yes. But what I've heard is that at Cannes Film Festival – when they first screened it and afterwards when they did a big panel discussion because Tarantino was asked by a journalist on this panel discussion why Margot didn't have any speaking lines. Yeah, I remember seeing that and he kind of snapped back at her. Yeah, and then Margot just answered really eloquently and said she, mm. she loved being able to portray the character without speaking so much and it was a really cool way to act because she had to really work on her body language and things like that. But apparently at Khan the character had less speaking lines than the final cut. Oh, really? So apparently he changed it and added more. I feel like I've read so many reviews about it and still couldn't really get a good grasp on it because everyone doesn't want to reveal what happens. So, yeah. like, all the reviews are really vague. Yeah. But they all praise the acting a lot. But, I have, I'll so, see it on Wednesday so I can say it. So what, then. what you just got Zach to ruin for you um, is the ending and it kind of – makes sense I guess it all makes sense as to why Margot's character doesn't talk as much and like I feel like you need to go into the film knowing that it's a film about Brad and Leo because when I went in I didn't really know that and I was really excited to kind of learn more about Sharon Tate and for that to be the plot line like I think that the yeah. way I, I don't know it could have been my, so I told my friend before she went to see it I was like don't expect it to be about Sharon Tate yes. so because I, I, I feel like I want to go and see it again now, now that I knowing know that, yeah, a hundred percent. I think that's the big thing, and I think that accusations about how they handle that character are fully based around the marketing of it, or the yeah. way that people have have got it, because it keeps being talked about as like Quentin Tarantino's Sharon Tate movie, mm, yeah, or yeah, Quentin Tarantino's Charlie Manson movie, you mm. know, whereas it sounds like that's no just kind of this thing that happens in the background apparently i was reading that he's so obsessed with this era of hollywood that he like so painstakingly recreated every single tiny detail in it like every song that plays yeah every movie poster that's up every like little reference is completely accurate yeah i just read a um interview he just interviewed margot for a piece and um i read it and he said that she said that it was the first time that she's ever felt that in the whole history of acting that she didn't have to like try and pretend to be on a set because it just felt like she was in the 60s and they weren't allowed cell phones or anything it's really cool because it made them feel like they were because that's 2019 pretty cool and I went back to the El Coyote the other night which is um, the restaurant where Sharon Tate ate her last meal Mm. and it's still exactly the same Um, and the guy was like super frazzled because I went there when I first got here and the film hadn't come out and I sort of for some reason thought that it wouldn't like obviously it would get busier from tourists and stuff but because the movie hasn't come out anywhere except Hollywood I thought it would be fine and I went there with my friend who was just like wildly excited about that and Mel who we did yeah all Aussie mystery (laughs) hour um and then um he the host was super frazzled and forgot our table and it was just this wild kerfuffle and then he sort of was like I'm so sorry we've been so busy since the movie it's like oh my really? god that's so yeah and then I was like oh where was it that 
they filmed and it was right beside us so it was just this that's really cool yeah i mean it's it's pretty cool being here and seeing all of that yeah it's actually a fascinating time to be in hollywood yeah but then i said to my friend i was like oh my god how would they have um filmed it because i was like <laughs> the whole thing must have been done in a universal lot or something because all of the cars driving along the street are all from the 60s mm. and 70s like there's no way in hell they could have actually filmed it outside but they did they just shut down the whole of hollywood boulevard well, they would have done it for quentin wouldn't they so good yeah so excited i'm sorry for it. you that you've ruined everything for yourself I don't, I don't really mind. You know how I do that with books as well? I kind of feel better when I know what's coming because then I can just relax and enjoy it. As yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zach said that the the uh, confrontation scene is the most violent Quentin, Tar- Quentin Tarantino scene he's ever seen. So that part, which I was trying to tell you when I first saw it, um, that end, final half an hour is the best part of the entire movie. It's so really? good. Yeah. So turn your stomach. I feel like nah. I'm you're like you're like. Well, when I was watching it, everyone was laughing in the cinema. Yeah, right. Because it's so wild. Yes, and the thing I read in the New Yorker when they reviewed it was that Brad. They were like Brad Pitt is such a good comedic actor. Yeah. He gets yeah. wasted in dramatic roles. Yes. Like he should always be doing comedy because he's yeah. got such good comedic timing. Yeah, it was so good. So this isn't really a spoiler, but Brad Pitt um gets high on acid. Yes, I, I know, unfortunately. <laughs> I know every single fucking thing that happened in that last and, four minutes. Yeah, and that was my favourite part of the whole movie. It's so good. Amazing. And but, Lena Dunham made a cameo, random. Yeah, I told you that. And she, it, yeah. yeah, she was um one of the girls in the cult. That's really cool that she got to do that. Yeah. For her. Yeah. I found it weird. I found, I found that she stuck out like a sore thumb, but it's because I think I'm just so used to her and different roles that it, I couldn't mm. I couldn't make it fit mm. with the seriousness of you know being in a Manson cult yeah totally yeah. and Zach said Margaret Qualley was amazing yes she's Andy McDowell's daughter yeah she she was great except it was kind of mm-hmm. creepy because oh no wait she's older in real life so, so I think she's like 21 in real life but she looks like a 14 year old and right. she was um trying to get it on with Brad Pitt which just seems a little bit yeah he's so hot <laughs> yeah he's, he just do, it just it, it just it just doesn't let up like he's it just, just won't gotten, let he up. just gets hotter and hotter by the minute i know i saw some picture on my instagram like some old 90s picture of him when he was really young and he he's like so beautiful it's almost blinding yeah. like it's like you, you can't like look at him directly in the face for too long mm. yeah he i'm I've been watching, rewatching Friends. I was watching the episode last night where Ross and Rachel were screaming at each other about being on a break. And he's like, I love that episode. Yeah. FYI, Y-O-U-R means you're. Y-O-U-R apostrophe yeah. R-E means you are. And she races out the door and she's like, just so you know, it's not that common. It doesn't happen to every guy and it is a big deal. <laughs> I love that scene so much. Yeah. And where she's like, I like. I don't want to get back together with you. And he's like, "Fine by me." (laughs) So good. (laughs) I love all their episodes together. But I loved it when I just watch Friends for their storyline. Yeah, but I loved it when Brad Pitt made a cameo because he was with Jen. It was just the golden days. And he hated. He hated her character. Like he hated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hated each other. That's so good. Um, yeah, he's always had a good sense of humor about himself, and it's quite hard to do when you're that attractive. Brad is, I feel like we really, Brad is really underrated. And I know he's not underrated, but yeah, we don't really talk about him much. I know, that's what I mean when people are on and on about Leo. I'm like, Leo. Has anyone seen Brad? Yeah, like Brad, handsome and normal and cool and like a family man. And like, yeah. yes, he's had lots of wives, but they've all been age appropriate and amazing. Two. I thought he'd had two wives. Yeah, but he got engaged like 11 times. Oh. Um, and also, I think he had an alcohol addiction. That's why him and Ange broke up. But everyone has their, their thing. Yeah, no no one's perfect. No, now he doesn't drink. <laughs> he's reformed. Yeah, Brad's a legend. Te- hashtag Team Brad. Not yes. Team Leo. Yes. A hundred percent. Brad should have been the will main someone, character in this film. Will someone win an Oscar, do you think? Or is it not that kind of movie? 
Um, it's a bit oh, early for Oscars. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I wasn't looking at it. I need to go and see it again. But I feel like Leo was really good. There was a really really good scene where he goes into his trailer because he's trying. So he's a. I already explained this last time, but he's a um actor who's kind of he was in westerns for ages and he wanted to break into Hollywood. And he gets cast in this role, but he keeps drinking all the time. And then he goes into his trailer and he's like, all right, no more alcohol, no more alcohol. And then he just goes and like opens this thing and goes to drink it and then slams it around and has this huge hissy fit. And it's a re like, that's a very good scene. Mm. Okay. Um, well, I'm off to a screening of Mrs. Doubtfire in the park. That's- what the fuck is with you going on these little excursions to see, like, random 90s movies at, like, Los Angeles hotspots? I know. There's so many of us going as well to Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I don't even think I've seen Mrs. Doubtfire. I, I think it's because it was the, just the anniversary of Robin Williams' death, maybe. Ah. Um, but I realize I'm going to miss Harry Potter because I've just booked a YOLO trip to New York. That's exciting. Mm. Worth it. Yeah, I know. I was like, I, when it. I realized that I wasn't here for Harry Potter, I was like, oh my god, I have screwed everything <laughs> up. the trip. Yeah. You're like, hello, Delta. <laughs> I know. Okay. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe. Please share us on, uh, what's it called? Instagram. And please join our closed Facebook group. And good Bye. night. Love you, Dad. Bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.